who gets the credit gets the blame. And so if I think it's my partner's job to make me happy, guess who I'll blame when I'm not happy? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. Where did you and your partner meet? Did you first meet in person? Perhaps someone introduced the two of you or you accidentally bumped into each other? Or did you perhaps meet online? using any of the popular dating apps. In 2020, an estimated 270 million people worldwide used dating apps. And from a survey conducted in 2019, 30% of US adults said that they had used a dating app or site, and 12% said that they had married or been in a committed relationship with someone they've met through a dating app or site. I met my partner online. Although this was way before the launch of Tinder and Bumble and whatever else is now out there, we both met on an app that was, well, that leaned heavily towards casual and non-committal relationships. None of us were actively looking for a partner, just some fun and a chance to meet some new people. We were both living in a city where we didn't grow up and didn't know a lot of people yet. And so getting on a dating app was a great way to find new connections. Our story is a funny story on many levels. For one, both our accounts on the app were created by pressure from our friends. My friends were interested in what could happen if me being on an online dating app, like some social experiment. And so they basically went ahead and set it up for me. And for her, my partner, her friends simply found the app to be a super easy way to hook up with people, something that was perfectly aligned with my partner's interests. None of us wanted something time-consuming or too serious. We were both busy doing our own things. We both got our accounts set up within the same weekend and wasted no time in getting on chatting with people. Now, I had a big challenge getting a grip of the online dating customs, so I was perhaps writing way too much and wanting to get to know the people I was engaging with. My partner had found my profile via a nifty function based on proximity, how far away someone lived from her, and had taken note of me, but... She was playing hard to get, and so she didn't go any further than to creepily stalk my pictures on my profile. And while she was doing this, she received a direct message from none other than me. The message I had sent was a nice message commenting on some of her listed interests and some of her beautiful pictures that she had on her profile. I guess I had written all this with far too many words. I mean, I can be a bit wordy. Hey, I run a podcast that primarily features me, myself and I. So if you hear my partner tell the story, she would be quick to point out my long messages that she hardly read and simply skimmed and responded with short and direct responses. I believe it took us about two weeks to meet in person from the time we had started chatting. And when we did, when we met, 
we both knew at the same time that there was something there between us. Instantly. And the story goes that we met on a Wednesday and then went on a second date on the following day on Thursday. And from that day on, we hardly spent a night apart. We recently celebrated our 10-year anniversary, counting that first Wednesday as the anniversary date. I was lucky. We both were. But it wasn't all luck. And it's definitely not luck that has kept us together. What has kept us together is us. Solid values, good communication, trust and unconditional acceptance is what we've relied on and developed together. And this is the topic that I wanted to explore in today's episode. After having had a conversation with a former student, whom I'm now proud to call a friend, about dating and relationships, I had some thoughts about how what seems to be getting in the way of building strong relationships, especially in the beginning phases, are expectations and impatience and misunderstandings. What can easily get in the way of building a relationship leading from a date is a series of expectations that is often brought into the relationship from both parties. When you have expectations, you are bound to become disappointed. It's simply not fair to have expectations and when you do, you tend to start pairing and comparing the person in front of you with a fiction of your imagination. And in so doing, preventing yourself from actually seeing who the person right in front of you is. In my experience, when someone is on the hunt for a new partner, they tend to have a compiled list in their mind that is based on all the things that were wrong with their previous relationship and their previous partner's flaws. Again, how unfair. Or perhaps even worse... Having been so exposed to the self-promotion and self-censoring that is going on online and on social media, these crafted facades where you only show the best moments from your life, you inadvertently create an impossible-to-live-up-to version of yourself. Or you simply risk thinking that your next partner should be that perfect, curated and well-balanced always on top of things version they've made themselves out to be. And these days, it is not too uncommon that people engage in what has been called woke fishing, which is a spin on the practice of catfishing. Catfishing is a type of deceptive activity where a person creates a fake online identity to trick others into forming a romantic relationship. Woke fishing is a version of this, where the person in question is a real person who's pretending to be more socially conscious and woke than they actually are in order to attract partners. People who engage in woke fishing are people who can seem to have adopted certain causes and buzz phrases in the hopes that they sound more interesting or become more likeable to the other person. This can be the act of malevolence, but it can also be an act of desperation, a desperate attempt at standing out and getting a chance to cut through the noise, all the swipes and the DMs. This can, of course, be frustrating and even harmful for those who are looking for a genuine connection. In my days as a leader, I had a vision for myself when it came to leading and meeting my people, and it was to see them not for who they were, but for who they could be, and do what I could to draw that best version out of them. 
Now, it can be a most honorable thing to want to see the best in people, especially when going on a date. It might even sound like this is what I'm proposing here, and it's not. What I am proposing is that instead of looking for anything, allow them to show you who they are. Let them tell you who they are and who they want to become. Of course, I just pointed out the phenomenon of catfishing and woke fishing, of deceit and dishonesty. So how can I possibly let them show me or tell me who they are? Well, first, remember what I said about not having expectations, because when you do, you become part of the problem. The opposite of having expectations is to be open and curious. And secondly, letting them show you or tell you is about you dropping your preconceived and possibly projected ideals about the person so that you can see them for who they truly are. And how you avoid being tricked or deceived is to ask better questions and show patience. Time will be your friend here. When given some time, coupled with curiosity and openness, free from projected expectations, you will be able to see the person more clearly. Practically, what that can look like is if the subject of your interest has posted about or taken a stand around a social cause or a particular value that you value, then you can challenge them on it. Allow them to explain and expand their position. If the person you're on a date with is trying to impress you with buzzwords or slogans without truly comprehending their meaning or only having a surface level understanding of the issue, then by slowing things down and asking questions will allow them to reveal themselves. A few questions that can help you gauge whether someone's interest in a social cause is genuine are Why are they interested in that cause? What did they learn from their involvement in that cause? Do they wish they were doing more for that cause? If so, what steps are they taking to get to where they want to be? When I say, let them show you and tell you who they are, I'm asking you to go deeper than the shallowness of their words. Instead, engage in interesting conversation and take a genuine interest in them and their interests and ask questions. It's important to understand that it's not necessary to have agreement on all things that are important to you or on the things you value in order for a relationship to be successful. It's about the ability to communicate and navigate disagreements in a healthy and respectful manner. The quality of your communication and the conflict resolution strategies that you employ are far more significant when it comes to dealing with disagreements. In a previous podcast episode, I mentioned that the person who got me into coaching, Krista Rulson, had said about values in a workplace environment that you want to have at least 70% overlap with the company's core values and your own core values. You don't have to agree 100% with everything your company does, but it also can't be less than 70% or you'd be disagreeing with more than every second decision and that would take a great toll on you and them. Krista also said this principle is applicable to personal relationships. Allowing someone to show who they are or to tell you who they want to be might require some time and patience. 
how much time is not for me to say. However, if you're able to confidently trust that you have a certain important value in common and that those go deeper than surface level woke fishing and you're able to openly and respectfully communicate your disagreements, you will be able to build a healthy relationship, at least in my experience. And this can happen over days, weeks or months. For me, for us, my partner and I, we quickly saw that we shared similar values and we've had many moments where we disagreed on the ways to go about meeting those values or needs. We fought and argued just as passionately as we loved each other. And every time, we never doubted that we both wanted the same thing. It was just that we were both being stubborn about how to go about the matter. We accept each other exactly the way we are. There's no right or wrong. There's simply how things are. And if we want things to be different, we talk about it. As a final note about dating and successful relationship building, something that helped guide me in navigating my own relationship is the wisdom that it's not my partner's job to make me happy. That's my job. If my partner dedicated her whole life to making me happy, she might still fail, simply because perhaps I don't want to be happy or won't allow myself to be happy for whatever reason. Either way, how can it be her job to make me happy when it's not up to her, it's up to me? This works the other way around as well, of course, it's not my job to make my partner happy. A wonderful quote comes to mind here. Who gets the credit gets the blame. And so if I think it's my partner's job to make me happy, guess who I'll blame when I'm not happy? My partner, right? If you're in the dating scene or in a committed relationship... I am inviting you to refrain from projecting expectations or comparing to previous relationships or lists of demands. Comparison is, after all, the killer of joy. And please, remember to ask questions. Even when you think you know what they mean, remain a while longer in the realm of curiosity. You might discover something much deeper than you otherwise would. And as an added bonus... People who are interested are interesting. And finally, see that it's your job to be happy, not someone else's. And this is good news, because it means that you can do something about it, instead of it being up to someone else. If you want to continue this conversation, if you have questions or feedback, you can send me a personal chat message on WhatsApp or email me. The links are in the show notes. I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. 
Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.